American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. CinemaSins has a fan club. It's called The Sin Club, and members get all sorts of things like early episodes, bonus videos, merch discounts, and even monthly bonus podcasts. Membership starts at $3 a month, and you can sign up now at patreon.com slash CinemaSins. Coming together as you're editing it, because we, we filmed it pretty much chronologically, apart from Mr. Philippi's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Aaron Dicer from CinemaSins, and I'm joined by Barrett Scher, also from CinemaSins. And today we have a special guest. You may have seen him in The Bourne Ultimatum, Zero Dark Thirty, or X-Men Origins Wolverine. And in addition to an upcoming role in John Wick Chapter 4, he stars in the soon-to-be-released movie One Shot. Please welcome Scott Atkins. Hello there. Hello. Uh, Scott, great to have you here. Uh, I was listing off many of those movies that you have been a part well, of. Well, it's funny how you pick the ones that I'm. You, you may have seen him in. Well, actually, maybe not because I'm not in them very much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll notice. We'll notice it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I was, you know, when I was looking through that and I was kind of looking through, you know, obviously your Wikipedia, your IMDb, you know, credits and those kind of things. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, like there's there's something where you have that kind of uh, connection to some of those players. But what really piqued my interest, of course, was the John Wick thing, um, because I believe the phrase prominent role was mentioned in regards to uh, John Wick uh, chapter four. So. Um, mm. that's, that's, that's on the horizon. Seems like something could be brewing there. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I can't really talk about it. <laughs> I can say that I'm in it. I can say that I'm in it. And I can say that I've been trying to get in all of the John Wick films since the very first yeah. one. I've known Chad Stahelski for a long time and David Leach, you know, coming up through the stunt world and everything. We all know each other. Yeah. Martial arts. And I've been bugging him consistently and I'm happy to say that on the fourth try, um, it paid off. Nice. Now, actually, Chad, Chad, Chad had an idea and he gave me a ring and he said, I'm thinking of writing a role for you in John Wick 4, but I don't <laughs> want to write it unless you want to do it. And I was like, well, of course I want to do it. You know, are you stupid? Of course <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> write that part, mate, and let me know. Nice. Nice. Well, we are excited to talk with you about One Shot, which is uh, uh, coming out here soon. Should be released, I think, beginning of November. And uh, it, we both got a chance to to watch the movie, and so you know, talk about that. But before we get into One Shot, I do kind of want to know a little bit about your background, like how you find yourself uh, in this crazy business. You know, how you know what was that start like for you? What inspired you to want to do what you do? All that kind of fun stuff. Well, I don't really know where it comes from. All I know is that as a small child, I gravitated towards these bigger-than-life action heroes like Stallone mm -hmm. and Schwarzenegger, of course, growing up in the 80s, and, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood, and then, of course, Bruce Lee. And then I discovered Jackie Chan, and then Van Damme came about, and Seagal, and all these guys. I just loved those 
action heroes. And very early on, I decided that that's what I wanted to do with my life, as difficult as it seemed, and to the dismay of my parents who thought I was out of my mind and, you know, it's not going to work out. And they tried to dissuade me. But I, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I was uh, ballsy enough to decide to, to go and do it. And as far as like the uh, parental thing, when did they come around or have they? Well, my dad comes from a family of, of butchers and he mm. wanted to go into the family business. But you yeah. know, I used to work there on a Saturday and, I, and I'm not stupid. That's hard work. <laughs> Pure graft. So I decided to become a martial arts action star, which at the, the tender age of eight seemed like oh. the better option. But I'm, I'm sorry, I've got to inform you that it turns out it's fucking hard. It's harder. Yes. It's harder yes. than grafting your whole life, carrying slabs of beef up the stairs. Yeah. But there you go. That was the decision I made. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about one shot, um, as far as like the inkling of this idea, like when we're, uh, when did you become involved in the process? You're obviously, um, the key role in the movie or one of the key roles in the movie. And so I'm sure you're, you're very intimately involved, uh, with the whole thing, but yeah, how did that all come about? I was doing a film with James Nunn, the director. Um, it was my second film with him. It was called Eliminators and that was 2015. We're shooting it. And as we were coming up to the end of the film, we came up with the idea that we'd like to do a one-take action movie, which at that point had not been done, not all the way through. Mm. Um, and it just took ages to get it financed. Uh, we had a very different script, and it went through a few people. We just couldn't get it off the ground. And then, of course, 1917 happened, and I sort of threw the towel in. I was like, listen, guys, they're just going to think we're, we're copying that now. Let's just forget about it. But they persisted. And I think the, the success of that film probably helped get the financing. Because a lot of people were against it, you know, oh, it's a gimmick. It's, it's, it's not really going to be one shot, you know what I mean? Because you can't mm -hmm. do an action film like that. And this and that. And then I think the success of that made people see it in a different light. And eventually, yeah, we, we got the financing. And I was very involved. Um, at, at the beginning, I was. And then I sort of let, let them take it away. They actually revamped the script completely. And it was a much more uh, fantastical yarn before, you know, kind of like a, a Mad Max film. or It was a, mm. like a post-apocalyptic island but then oh, it was wow. changed to be this very realistic version of, of the movie, which worked brilliantly. And uh, the script's written really well. And, you know, you've got real stakes and real characters. And, you know, it's much more than an action film. You know, there's legitimate drama going on and it's very intense film. Um, so, yeah, the, James Nunn and the writer did a brilliant job of, of, of reconfiguring it. And, yeah, um, we shot it not long ago, March. Uh, wow. Yeah, in March. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, when you when you think about these one shot um, type of uh, projects, obviously, nineteen seventeen became kind of the the standard when it came to to action and and scope and things like that. Birdman, of course, took it to a kind of a different uh, sort of level, rope and and things like that. Uh, but this is definitely. Such a, I, I use this term non-pejoratively, it's such a balletic uh, performance because you have to be in the right spot at the right time and 
do the 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 action itself, the choreography itself, and remember how to act. <laughs> and, yeah, remember and, how to act and remember how to be American. Oh, 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 I'm going to ask you about that, by the way. I'm so sick of you UK people being so good at American accents and not the other way around. Uh, yeah. What can so, I say? So, what yeah. Can I say? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. We watch, lot, we watch a lot of American movies, you guys. You need to watch more British movies. <laughs> There you <laughs> That's go. That's a good point. But how, from the, the actor's perspective, the performer's perspective, what is this like? You know, obviously you're off camera a, a few times. Uh, you're on camera a lot more. Um, but how does that choreography go? Uh, were you involved in in setting that up? Uh, you know, not only when you're on camera, but where you have to be, you know, outside of when the camera is is on another character. Uh, how involved are you in that process and how difficult is that uh, to hit your mark exactly at the right time? Because if you don't, you know, everything's going to be thrown off, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's not just the actors, you know, it's it's the camera crew, it's the boom operator, it's special effects stuff that's going on, it's, it's the lighting, you know. Everything needs to work, um, you know, for the entirety of the length of that particular take, which one of the things we wanted to do was let's make the takes as legitimately long as, as we can, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's, mm-hmm. we want it to really feel like, and, you know, I, I do think we've been very successful in, in hiding the, uh, the magic cuts. I, I'd be interested to see how many people can actually figure out. But the first thing we needed to do was find the location because we've got a script, but without a location, how are we going to do it? You know what I mean? Cause it's so you're doing one continuous take. So, and we didn't have enough money to, to build it. So we did find this place in Ipswich in uh, England that was perfect for us, even though we had to do some things where we're going from one side of the park to another, but it's meant to look seamless and, and a lot of that stuff. But um, yeah, you would, we did a week's rehearsal. I mean, I was there two weeks before, preparing the action with Tim Mann, the action coordinator, but then we got all the actors in a week before Mm. and we blocked out all the scenes because it was so important that the, the cameraman knew where to be and how were we (laughs) going to stitch that edit to the next and all the rest of it. And, you know, it was a very nerve wracking experience. It's like going on stage because you could be going into, you could be an actor that's coming in to the tail end of, an eight minute, nine minute take. Mm. And everyone up to that point has, has nailed it. And now the the pressure is on you to, to not be the guy to mess it up because, right. Oh, we've got this far. What if I forget my line? You know, the pressure <laughs> was immense. Uh, and the further you got through the take, the, the, the higher the pressure got because, you know, everyone's like, come on, this could be the one, this could be the one. And uh, it was, it was interesting. It was very, tiring experience because you don't know which take is going to be the take that ends up in the movie. So every take you are giving it 100%. Normally as an actor, there's times when you can take your foot off the the gas. You're like, Oh, I'll just chill out on this take or I'll go intense or take it easy. Or maybe the, the angles over my shoulder, I can phone it in a little bit. If it's not, if I'm not going to mess up the other actor, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. But every take was very intense and I'm not talking about the action. I'm talking about the acting. And so it was 
Yeah, right. I mean, I, it, was it almost a relief for you, given your background? Was it almost a relief to to actually get into the fight sequences where where I, I would assume that yes, you have to chore- choreograph everything and you have to to uh, do things uh, perfectly, but also that's your bread and butter. Is it is it more to where when you get into the the fighting choreography that that's almost more of you know a warm yeah. <laughs> like embrace for you where it's like, okay, I got this, the rest of the stuff, not tripping over, you know, the, the, the wires of the tracking or <laughs> that kind of thing to get to the next uh, position is, the is more complicated. Is no. Short answer is no, because a lot of the time, like if I'm doing a, a fight sequence, you know, you, you're just picking up pieces. Okay. This part of the puzzle, we need mm. to get that good. And then, okay, let's change the angle, get the next shot. But for this film, you could be going into a really difficult action scene from doing some acting. So it's kind of hard to, like normally, you know what the first move is and you can get yourself in the right position and ready for it and the angle Mm -hmm. of the camera's there and everything. But, you know, you're walking around a corner after doing a three-minute scene and then you've got to do an an action sequence. And so it was just a lot of pressure all the way and I always put a lot of pressure on myself for the action to be honest because even though I've done so much of it I have very high expectations and I know mm. that people expect a lot of me so I, I put that pressure on myself to be honest probably shouldn't but I do well it comes across uh, for sure I mean you have to be uh, so believable not only you know as as a guy stuck in a very difficult situation but also as somebody that's insanely trained uh, to, to basically do whatever needs to be done. And, and you're thrown in these situations. The character is, is thrown in these situations that go from, you know, almost logistic and intelligence uh, conversations to, you know, bare knuckle, I've got to take care of this, to espionage, to getting across, you know, stealth stuff. Uh, it's, it's a very captivating film and performance uh that 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 really this is not a movie that you want to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of because it holds your attention right yeah yeah absolutely absolutely no it's very uh intense and we felt that the one take aspect of it because you know some people say ah it's a gimmick you know i wouldn't do that blah 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 you know people have different views on on the one but for me and james the director we always felt like having a, an unbroken take, it, 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 you feel yourself just getting drawn closer and closer in, into the screen. And because everything's happening without the edits, it, it almost feels more real, like you're actually there. And um, it, I think this James was very smart. Like if you compare it to something like 1917, that's technically brilliant. Mm. Smooth camera work, you know, it's slick. But what James wanted to do with this one was make it very immediate mm. and very much almost like a documentary and the camera is always on somebody's shoulder and it sort of links onto a character and follows them for a bit. And the motivation of the camera is it's never unmotivated. He, he never went anywhere if he wasn't following a specific character. But that visceral feel it had, I think, works really well for our film. Absolutely. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. 
Aaron, I'm, I promise I'll shut up after this, but I do have to no, ask you're good. you. You're uh, asking great stuff, uh, Scott. About this, you, you mentioned that uh, most of the cast was was only there for a week. Um, what what kind of a bond did you develop? You know, obviously with with the uh, the fellow SEAL characters, uh, but also with with uh, Ryan Phillippe and with Ashley Green and Zoe. Um, and you know the the rest of the cast. Did you did you feel like you guys were all kind of set into like like you said like a stage production or something where everybody's in it together, or or did you have enough time to develop that? Oh, definitely with the the SEAL guys um, because we did do some. We had a great military advisor and we did a lot of training with him. Uh, less so for me because I've done a lot of these films and I had other commitments with the action sequences that I need to, needed to work on, but. We all bonded through through those moments. We became a tight-knit group. Um, I'd worked with Ashley before on a movie called Accident Man, so we had a relationship. And then uh, Ryan, his schedule was that he came in and we had to shoot all his stuff in one block. Um, so that was a little bit different and, and tricky. Tricky. That's as another. Well that's another. <laughs> like a wrench in the in the in the gears, right? Yeah, but there you go. And I'm sure it wasn't his fault. It's just, you know, he's a busy guy. And uh, we had to get him on these certain dates. Uh, but no, it was it was great. You know, we all felt like we were doing something really worthy. And, um, you know, we we're all really into it. And, you know, you could see the film coming together as you're editing it because we, we filmed it pretty much chronologically apart from Mr. Philippi's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that brings me to one thing I was wondering, which is, you know, as you're putting this together and you're, you know, stitching it together, making it look good. I've heard a lot of people in the industry, actors and otherwise say one of the hardest things to do is to watch your own stuff when it's done, like because you are so aware of the surroundings, what it was like to put it together. Is that amplified when you do something that's a technical achievement like this, when you're doing a one shot? Like, can you actually watch this movie or are you just thinking about the hidden seams and, and those kind of things? You've got to get over that, but it is difficult. I mean, you're looking at yourself and you're judging yourself and you've probably got all these insecurities about how you look and ah, this and that. Mm -hmm. you, you, you've got to get over that. I mean, to be honest, the first time I watch a finished film of mine, you know, I need to watch it twice before I can see it before see it for the film that it actually is because I need to get over myself. Mm. Um, but then, you know, in, in a situation like this, you know, if you're directing yourself in a movie, you've got to get over that. You've got to just work on the, the technical aspects and, you know, just stop concentrating on yourself and look at, look at the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. I know if, uh, if you were to look at this project and go, okay, uh, I enjoyed this enough to do something like this again, or is it more, got that one out of the way, never have to do that again, uh, kind of thing. Like, is it, it was enjoyable. It was a really enjoyable process. I mean, yes, it was hard, but mm -hmm. it was rewarding as well. Um, so I'm, I'm ready for the next one. Come on. <laughs> Let's do, <the> sequel. <laughs> do it. Let's make go. It a, make it a one genre to electric. <laughs> boogaloo. Yes. Can't wait. I would watch the ass out of that. You know, so this, uh, seemed like, you know, I guess the financing is mostly American, but you've worked all over the world, right? And especially, uh, I'm I'm fascinated with with your career uh, with the 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 Hong Kong affiliation. Uh, you've worked with with 
some of my favorite people, Eco Uace, uh, Tony Judd, obviously Jackie Chan. Uh, what what are the what are the differences in working on a Hong Kong set versus a or an Indonesian set uh, versus you know American or or European sets? Or is that just that's too much of a a, a big question to bite off here? No, I'll be honest. Uh, I normally am to my detriment, but uh, working on a Hong Kong set is it is a different vibe man it's uh it's brutal it's brutal yeah yeah <laughs> i mean in america or england people are a bit more you know you 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 not that i need it but you'll get a bit of a, a tap on the back oh you're, you're doing a good job or that's great this is that you know really good it's not like that in hong kong really you never get praised you only get shouted at <laughs> that's the way that's it fascinating so Let it's, it's a whole different dynamic yeah, they'll only tell you when you've done something wrong. And if you do something right, it's just, good, move on. Not good to you, good to the crew. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's, it's a strange thing because, I don't know, it's just a different culture. They're hard. And this is with the action films as well. I mean, I haven't done any romantic comedies, but mm. you're expected to work hard and get hit for real and, you know, go hard. And, you know, it almost feels like they don't mind if you get injured. It's just, it's difficult. It really is. And I started there and it was a great experience because I learned from the very best. My first films were with um, Stephen Dung Wei and then Yun Wu Ping and Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung. Mm, and I wow. learned from the best guys in the business on how to film, shoot action. And I took that with me throughout my career. And then 10 years later, I went back to do Wolf Warrior, which turned out to be a big success with Wu Jin. And then I'd forgotten how brutal it was, man. It's it's a dark vibe. <laughs> it really is. But that's why the action is second to none, because you are expected to deliver. And pain is part of it. And you just got to get on with it. That's fascinating. You, yeah, I mean, there, it, nobody really bats an eyelash if, if you actually get hit. Or are you expected to, to make that? To get hit. And wow. Yeah, it's wow. fine. But you see it in like... Um, yeah, you look, you look at something like Old Boy, which mm-hmm, isn't mm-hmm. a martial arts film or an action film even, but it's got that crazy sequence in there. And he's an Asian actor at that time. Mm-hmm. And he gets stuck in, man. You can't make a fight like that without getting some bruises. Yeah, But it's yeah. like the, a, an actor over there is just expected to get in, in the thick of it and, and get, get smashed up. And they do it. It's <laughs> amazing. I mean, I, I hate to laugh at your pain. I don't mean to, uh, <laughs> but but you're right. It does come across on screen. Now, not to say that uh, you don't get a, a lot of believable action out of American or European movies, but yeah, you're right. It's it's a different, especially with those actors that uh, that we were talking about uh, with you know Tony Jaa and, and Joe Taslam and Ico and, and you, of course. Um, and even Jackie Chan, you know, especially back in his real Hong Kong days, you believe that stuff. You really believe that stuff. And and I guess that's a product of, of that production that you were talking about. Well, because they're actually, I mean, look, we're martial artists. You, you're used to getting hit to, yeah. to some degree. I mean, that's all part of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, I, I took that to the American movies and that's why my action is always good because – I like to get stuck in and, and make it look as good as possible. But a Hong Kong movie in particular, that's a dark vibe, man. 
Wow. All right. So you can be honest. Did you actually hit uh, Keanu in in the face? Um, no, of course not. Oh, okay, of course not. You get you get you get uh, thrown off set if that happened, even accidentally. Who's, who says I even fight him? Oh, that's true. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. Do you have like favorite uh, stunts that you've been involved in? Like that you look back and go. Oh yeah, that that was the stuff right there. Because I, I imagine, like many jobs, you know, that you do, certain things become maybe not necessarily run of the mill, but they just become things you do. But are there some that you look back on and go, "Oh, that was special," you know, that stunt or that, you know? Set. Yeah, like maybe some fight sequences that I've done in the past. You know, I can my end fight sequence in Undisputed Three. I'm extremely proud of uh, with Marco Zarul, who's an incredible. Mm-hmm martial arts actor who's also in John Wick actually um, and that that's a fight I'm very proud of the end fight of, of Ninja 2 with Kane Kasugi um, you know when you can work with people like that that are that, are that amazing at their craft and go in 100% you know just really trying to do your very best at the peak of your ability um, mm-hmm. those two fights in particular my fight with Latif Crowder in Undisputed 3 um yeah, there's one particular kick that I love. I won't be able to explain it though. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I, I You mentioned at the peak of your ability, and I do happen to know that we are almost exactly the same age, I think within a year apart. And I was just thinking of myself doing some of the things you do in the movie One Shot and just realizing I would break in half. And I just wonder like how intense does your training have to be, especially as you, you know, kind of age up like how does that you know how do you keep that all going i think you've got to take the intensity down to be honest because i realize the amount of damage i've done to myself training now Mm -hmm. oh yeah light bulb went off they should have realized this a lot sooner but you know you can't beast yourself because it's it's going to come back at a certain point you know there is a there's a a sell by date on, on your body and you've got, you've got to look after it. So in the past, you know, I would just completely destroy myself in the gym and I could, you know, I was younger and I could recuperate, but you leave yourself with lasting injuries. So as I get older now, it's, it's much more about knowing how much to do and, and not doing too much, but s- still being ready f- for when they say action, you know, uh, bear, did you have anything else that you wanted oh, yeah. to, I mean, I, I'm about? telling you, I, we I could talk to you all day, but I, I know we're getting up to the the end of it. Um, I do want to say how much I appreciate. Uh, I watched a, a few of the videos on your YouTube channel, um, oh, yeah. especially uh, where you do interview uh, these these contemporaries of yours, uh, uh, like uh, like Eco Oase and and yeah. Tony Ja and Joe Taslam, and and several others. You even have a sidekick tutorial, so Aaron can uh, can watch that. And, and perfect his sidekick. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you do an awesome job on that. In addition to all of this cinematic work that you're doing, you are a busy man, my friend. Well, we had to stay busy in the pandemic. And so that's what I did. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. It's fantastic. But yeah, uh, no, I, I really appreciate you talking to us. The one shot is a delightful film uh, to, to watch. It's engaging. And you, you, you and the the filmmakers and everybody involved used that uh, that one shot premise, uh, I think, beautifully. 
uh, in this. It, it, I, I hope it's a great success. Thanks a lot, guys. I, I appreciate that. And I, I really am proud of the movie. And I, I, I do want people to check it out because I do think it, it's really good. Well, with that in mind, Scott, uh, what, you know, what would you tell people then, uh, you know, how to look out for it, where to find it, all that kind of fun stuff? You know, if they've, they've heard you talk about it, it sounds exciting to them. Um, how long do they have to wait and when can they see it and where? November 5th in uh, theaters uh, and then on demand is what I'm told. There you go. So, yeah, <laughs> check it out. There you go. Definitely check it out. Well, thank you, uh, Scott. Thank you for your time. We appreciate you. Uh, great work in the movie and uh, wishing you the best on uh, everything that comes from uh, John Wick Chapter 4 and beyond in your career. So thank you for your time, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Really enjoyed it. All the best. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Sincast. For Aaron Dicer and Barrett Share. we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.